dear listeners, to episode fourteen of the Empty Rooms of Gorsky Manor. Round and round we go, following the manor's gentle spiral, lovely gentle tales at every turn. <laughs> Harry, there he was, standing upon the grand staircase. Oh, his presence, absolutely glowing. He stretched dramatically, as if being released from some kind of confines, attracting the biggest smiles and grins of attention from the sisters, from Feathers, from Simon, and from me. All I could do was look into his impish stare, projected to all of us from those twinkling black eyes. Very magical indeed. We all stood frozen for what felt like eternity, and we were happy to do so. Simon, there, there he was, actually sitting on Harry's shoulder, like they were the best of friends. He had not been sharing what he knows with Feathers and me. Then, with one blink of my eyes, the spell was broken. I could actually feel a physical release within my heart. I'm not sure I wanted to be released. The sisters continued to giggle like schoolgirls, and looking at me, motioned me to go up to meet him. I felt shy and reluctant to finally meet him in the flesh, so to speak. But their excitement egged me on, and I went with it, quickly walking to the stairs, my steps quickening as I climbed up towards his waiting smile. As I was about to reach him, my hand stretched in greeting, he tipped his head with a bow, turned with an oddly unnatural quickness, like a blur of gray mist. And the next thing I knew, he was heading down the hall with Simon holding tightly to his back. Needless to say, I was shocked, and upon reaching the top landing, I stood there dumbfounded and watched him flow farther and farther away. Harry, I called with shock and hurt in my voice. I have waited so long. Harry! Yeah, that's Harry. Just like our Harry. Oh. I could hear the sisters say below. I turned to them confused as to what to do. They each gave me a big smile of knowing, grabbed their brooms, and blew me a kiss goodbye. I didn't know which way to look. 
at the sisters who, to my amazement, mounted their brooms as the grand doors both opened wide on their own, and out they flew, yelling goodbyes and sending kisses. I looked down the hall to the fading figure of Harry and heard the sisters yell, Silly you, follow him, as they all faded into the setting sun. Well, I grabbed my backpack and my broom and started to run down the hall after him. Ahead, there was a turn in the hall to the right that he quickly disappeared down. My heart was beating so hard with panic that I would lose sight of him, but as I turned the corner, he was still there, just ahead of me. I continued to run and felt I was gaining on him, and when he stopped short and turned to look back at me, the look on his face made me stop too. A mist appeared in his eyes, and his eyes turned sad. Little by little, he faded into this mist until all I could see was his face. He gave me one last wink and then totally disappeared. I slowly moved forward as the mist gently cleared and there on the floor sat Simon, just sitting there, looking up at me. Simon! I yelled. All my disappointment, regret, sadness, embarrassment bursting from within me. This scared him terribly as he jumped backwards, falling over, then turning quickly to give me the most horrible glance, and quickly hopped to an open doorway and disappeared inside. Feathers arrived and landed on my shoulder, pecking on my ear. What just happened? Did you see? I asked her. Oh, yes, so many tangled threads within these walls. But you know, you just need to remember. You will. I am so confused, I said, feeling so down and terribly disappointed. That is as it must be. You, you will remember when the time is right. What needs to be remembered? Don't fret. You are in Gorski Manor. So much to see. Companions to meet and help. Harry is here. Closer and closer to him you go. Closer and closer to understanding. Thank you, Feathers. You are so wise, I said, rubbing her chin and giving her a hug. I took a deep breath, trying to release my disappointment and embrace this new night that has begun. So where did that little stinker Simon go? We went to the doorway he had disappeared into and found it was a stairwell of wooden stairs leading upwards. There were windows on the left side of the wall and I could see the muted gray of dusk from outside. These stairs felt familiar. They reminded me of the stairwells, the stairs I climbed in high school 
at St. Mary's Academy, a lovely school for girls on the shore of the great Lake Michigan, an old school that my own mother attended, then me and my sister. I remember all the girls laughing and talking in two streams, one moving down, one flowing up, as we rushed from class to class. I could even smell that musty odor of age. It is a place that holds good memories for me, of comfort to me, and the mysterious nuns who filled the school with their energy of spirit, their lovely, dreamy song of chance, something that drew me to them for a time. As there was only one direction for us to go, up, we started to climb. Each step had its own unique squeak and creak as my feet touched them. The voice of the wood. The banister was smooth as silk from the ageless passage of hands that held onto it for safety. The steps went up to the count of ten, then turned on a short landing and flowed up another ten steps. Each time we turned to the outer wall, a window was there. Each window had a window seat. As we climbed, I could look out over the land of the manor. Below was a cobbled road with small outbuildings on the other side. There was a wall that, as I moved higher, opened into a secret garden. Within the garden, I could see a huge old oak tree, twisted branches bare of leaves on one side. It was a bit in the distance, and the falling dusk made it hard to see, but I could swear I spied a hangman's rope swaying from one branch. The stairs did not go too high, only two floors. At the top we stopped, wondering where to go next. So we sat upon the window seat to consider. Curious, there were no doors attached to this stairwell. It actually went nowhere, only to the window seats. And we had not come upon Simon on our way up. Where had he disappeared to? I felt a little concerned, as he does seem to frighten all the time. Why had the sisters sent him to me? Oh, darn, I wish I would have thought to ask them. Next time I see them, I for surely will. While sitting on the window seat, we watched as the last rays of the sun disappeared. It was a lovely view, very peaceful, with an air of something within these walls. Something in the smell. Sandalwood, maybe? Frankincense? Something flowed on a slight draft of air, flowing up from below. It was so peaceful, I didn't want to move quite yet. I noticed something on the wall under the window. I lit a candle as it now was quite dark and saw someone had drawn little white soldiers in a row. 
I touched the white markings, and some of it came off upon my finger. I showed it to Feathers and asked, Chalk? Feathers took a lick of it, at which I pulled my hand away quickly. Feathers, don't do that. It could be poison, I scolded her. Oh, it's fine. They do it all the time in the movies, and no one ever died. Not yet, I spoke sternly. It's not chalk, something like chalk. Preternatural, I heard myself say. What does that mean? Outside of nature, I think, exceeding what is natural, extraordinary, inexplainable by ordinary means. Hmm. Sounds like yummy psychic phenomena. Oh, yes, that sounds wonderful. But suddenly an odd sound broke my thought path. It was coming from somewhere, somewhere outside. We looked out the window to the road below. Here I be under my window watching as the mist flows by. Here I be under my window to the dreamlight I will fly. Soldiers there forevermore.
Feathers and I watched with amazement as soldiers marched below us out of the mist. An endless stream of loyal fellows heading to do what they believed so deeply in, so many never to return. I felt that catch in my throat, the swelling of emotions forming tears in my eyes that I always feel when watching these dear patriots march at attention in a parade, flags held high. Such an important way to support and honor all the sacrifices they make and have made for those they hold dear. Us. I looked to the flags they carried and saw the rune Ansus in their shape, the rune of remembering what you know, hearing those whispers that bring back your knowing. I felt a message, or maybe heard it. Slow down, or you won't remember. A sight flashed before my eyes, a harsh landscape of destroyed, blackened earth, trees, fences, fields, fallen soldiers everywhere, smoke and fire, great, great sadness and despair. I felt I needed to help them, but what could I do? My heart reached out to them. I remembered I had a scarf in my backpack so I pulled it out and opened the window. I leaned out as far as I could and waved my scarf. I began to cheer and yell and whistle my appreciation for what they have sacrificed. To my delight, their faces turned to look at me. I continued cheering and feathers joined me. She flew out and circled over them, cawing loudly. Oh, this felt so good. A, a little something I could, I could offer them. Appreciation. Some tipped their hats to us. Some waved. And then they slowly marched away, on their way, hopefully, for the last time into the mist. We closed the window and sat together upon the window seat, exhausted from joy and the depth of our emotions, a deep satisfaction in our hearts. I looked to the chalk, no, something like chalk, the chalk soldiers on the wall, the ones I have just seen. One good deed returns by three. Take the time, so mote it be. Thank you, voice, I answered. There on the landing wall, a small door slid open with a gentle creak. Nothing like a secret sliding door in an old haunted house, I chuckled to feathers. Oh, such fun, really. We were connecting to the vibrations of the spiritual, the vibration of Gorsky Manor itself. We went to the opening, which was maybe two, two and a half feet high and peaked inside. Ah, this must be where Simon went. Caw. 
Looking into the long tunnel, I thought, I'm going to have to crawl into this space, not a place that I felt drawn to. Yet there, right in the middle of the opening, was a white rune stone. Ansus was upon it. Well, Ansus, the rune of knowledge and communication, leading the way. Unfortunately, knowledge can often be clouded with gibberish and much noise from the collective consciousness of the universe. Those many threads that weave to find each other. Some may become twisted and knotted in the wrong fashion, growing into something strange. Clarity and compassion is dearly needed, dear Ansus. Clarity in the remembering. Well, on to the next tale. Blessings, dear listeners. Blessings, dear listeners.